What would you do if you were on a road trip and ooh, you got a little tired? It's time to stop at a hotel. But little do you know that this hotel has a dark secret. And then we meet a young man who's hanging out in his basement, having a grand old time, watching a little bit of Cartoon Network. But little does he know, he's about to face a choice. Will he be just another ordinary kid, or will he have access to powers beyond that of mortal men? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you're doing. we got a lot of stuff to cover today. So first off, running into Dead Rabbit Command at full speed. Everyone get on your feet and give it up for one of our newest Patreon supporters, Default Cecil. Woohoo, yeah! <laughs> Wee! Yeah, he's jumping around. Cecil, Cecil, he's doing a little jig, he's doing a little dancing like a little leprechaun for our entertainment. Default Cecil, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, if you guys can't support the show financially, I totally understand, I really do. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio, that helps out so much. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know. Dead Rabbit Radio is your favorite paranormal show. You can also buy merch. We have a merch store I never really talk about. And I've opened up YouTube memberships. That's another way you can pay to help the show out. But you'll still get the same benefits with the supporter sticker. (laughs) It's been so long. I'm so sorry, guys. If you are waiting for a supporter sticker, I apologize. It's been months. (laughs) Patreon supporters are like, oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot I was supposed to get one of those. Check my mailbox for a couple weeks. Yeah, I gotta get those out. I apologize. We're actually getting ready to take a break. A two-week break. That's usually when I catch up on my sticker sending. I do want to say this, though. If you are a huge fan of Dead Rabbit Radio, there is an interview I recently did with another podcast called into the Obscure Podcast. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll put the YouTube channel in the show notes as well. You can check out that interview. That's another awesome way to support our show, support other shows. That one, one of the hosts is Tressa, longtime supporter of Dead Rabbit Radio, is the one of the hosts of Into the Obscure. So yeah, check it out. Show them some love. Drop them a subscribe. They do uh, paranormal content. They interview ghost hunters and paranormal investigators and paranormal content creators and all that stuff. Really good. And then, also, I'm going to be hyping this up for the next couple weeks. November 10th through the 12th, Port Gamble Ghost Conference in Port Gamble, Washington. Be there and be scared as you sit and you listen to me. I'm not the only speaker. I'm just one speaker. I'm not talking for three days straight. But uh, November 10th, I'm giving a presentation at the Port Gamble Ghost Conference. Why are there no fat ghosts? And you go, Jason, didn't you already do that speech? Well, I did a speech under the same title. This is going to be brand new content. So if you saw that first one, this is going to be all new. And this time, I'm not going to rehearse. Because last time I rehearsed, and then I used all my best jokes. Because I don't like repeating jokes, right? I like them to be impromptu. That's why I'm laughing at my own stuff. I just heard it for the first time as well. 
No rehearsal. <laughs> I just, just want to go and watch you try to do a presentation you haven't rehearsed. That sounds entertaining enough, let alone the subject matter. If you're in the area of Port Gamble, Washington, swing by. I will be presenting on November 10th. I am the first speaker, but I'll be there for the whole conference, kind of walking around and hanging out. Port Gamble Ghost Conference, November 10th through 12th. Be there and be scared because it's super spooky. Default Cecil, let's go ahead and get this party started. I'm going to toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We are going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. Drive us all the way out to New Mexico. Nice, leisurely drive along the highways and byways of the United States down to New Mexico. But it's a long drive. We're getting a little tired. So you're starting to see me fall asleep in the passenger seat of the Jason Delapi. You're like, Jason, wake up, bro. We don't even know where we're going. And I go, well, we're headed out to New Mexico. We're looking for this little hotel. This little hotel somewhere in New Mexico. Maybe you have stayed at this hotel. Or maybe not. I don't have the exact name for the hotel. You're like, Jason, it's a big state. There's a lot of hotels. We're about to meet this young woman. We don't know her real name. We're going to call her Monica. Monica, she's a college student, and she's traveling from Texas to Colorado. And she's in New Mexico. She decides to pull over for the night. She's traveling with her cat. A little cat and a cat carrier. Monica goes in, and she pays for her room, gets her key, goes to her hotel room, and the cat is being carried in this cat carrier. But when Monica opens up the cat carrier, we'll just call this cat Philip. He didn't actually have a name or starburst. It doesn't matter. It's a cat. I love cats, but it's not super integral to this story. We'll call him Starburst because I actually like that name better. Starburst is a great name for a cat. Anyways, now, now I love this cat. Starburst jumps out of the cat carrier once that little door is unleashed. And Starburst is kind of walking around the hotel room. Meow, 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 meow. Trying to figure out, you know, because it's weird. Humans go, oh, I'm going to walk through this door. I'm now in a hotel. If you were a cat... You only see two carpets in your whole <laughs> you only see two carpets in your whole life. The carpet in your house that you grew up in, you're a cat. And then the carpet of a hotel room. It would be super mind-blowing for a cat to be put in a box and then you open the box up and the cat would be like, "I know what a bed is and I know what carpet is and I know what a TV is, but none of these are those. This is a different bed and a different carpet and a different television set. And you would totally like trip it out. Imagine if that happened to you. Imagine if you lived in one house your entire life. And then next thing you know, you're in a different house. That's be totally mind-blowing to you. You're like, oh what? This cat's walking around and it's freaking out. But it's not just freaking out because this is the second carpet he's ever seen. He's freaking out. Well, Monica doesn't know why he's freaking out. Maybe it's the carpet. Monica says that my cat kept hissing and hiding underneath the bed. And Monica's like, Starburst, Starburst, come here, come here. Hiding under the bed. Monica's sitting there in her hotel room, and all of a sudden she hears a dunk, dunk, dunk. 
She's like, what? What was that? Hmm? Starburst, was that you? Starburst is. Monica sees that the vent cover for the air conditioner popped off. Kutunk-tunk. Now, I don't know. You know how, I, how there were like those metal vents that are built into the walls? If it was one of those that was popping off, or a lot of times hotel rooms have like an a, a giant AC unit that'll have a cover over it. I don't know which one, but it, whatever it was, it popped off. Falls across the floor. Monica's like, what? And she sees the air vent, the vent cover for the AC. She sees the vent cover on the ground, and she picks it up and she puts it back in. She reinstalls it where it's supposed to go. And a short while later, she looks over and the vent cover is off again. Now here's the thing. It's not that it just kind of fell off. The distance that it is from where it should be installed, while it's not across the room, it's also not underneath it. Like It seems to be flying off the AC. Like, it's being propelled somehow. So maybe it is one of those freestanding air conditioners. Anyway, she takes the vent cover and she puts it back on. And a short time after that, she sees it. Apparently, she sees it fly off of the air conditioner and land on the ground. She's like, what in the world is going on? How is this thing being propelled off? She goes to the office. She goes to the hotel office and she says, hey, something really weird's happening. The vent cover keeps flying off of the vent. Like, is there too much air pressure in here? What's going on? Uh, And the desk, hotel room staff at the desk said, it's going to sound weird, but that's a known problem in your room. The vent cover will not, (laughs) the vent cover will not stay on. She goes, well, you know, I'd prefer, I would prefer that there's not flying metal in my room. I didn't know if I had to pay for an upgrade. They're like, listen, it's not. It will it'll keep coming off. No matter what you do, it'll keep coming off. Here is your best way to take care of that. And they handed her a roll of duct tape. They said, just put, put the duct tape on. <laughs> duct, tape, duct tape the vent on. And hopefully that'll work. And she's like, what do you mean, hopefully? And they're like, well, it's just a known problem in that room. So she goes and she takes the duct tape and she wraps it all around vent cover and, you know, sticks it, tapes it down. A short time after that, the vent cover flies off. Lands on the ground. She's like, I'm done. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know what it is. They say it's a known problem. Front desk doesn't know how to fix it. Whatever. It's not the end of the world. So she just goes about her night. And then she gets a call from her boyfriend. Who we will call Charles. Charles calls her up. And says, hey, hey, Monica... Is anyone there with you? Monica's like, no. Charles goes, are you watching TV? Something on the TV? And Monica's like, uh, no, TV's off. I've just kind of been sitting here. 
Charles goes, have you left your room? Monica's like, no. Well, I, I, mean, I did. I, I had to go talk to the front desk about this whole vent situation. The vent cover kept popping off. But why are you asking me this stuff? And Charles is like, no, no worries, no worries. I'm Nothing. I'll t- we'll talk about it later. And they talked a little bit more, just casual conversation, and said their goodbyes. Mike, I think well, that was a weird phone conversation from my boyfriend. But the night goes on, and she grows tired. She goes to sleep. The next day, Charles calls Monica up and says, Hey, um, you still in that hotel? <laughs> you still in that hotel room? You checking out? Because something really weird happened last night, Charles says. I'll tell you the real reason why I called you. I didn't want to scare you, so I didn't tell you when you were there. Because obviously it would terrify anybody, but here's what happened. And Charles is the one who actually posted this story online underneath the name FRD2015. Charles says, my girlfriend was staying at this hotel. My now wife, they're married now, but he goes, at the time she was my girlfriend. She stopped at this hotel, and I'm hanging out with my mom and my friend. Me and my mom and my friend are all hanging out at home. And I get a phone call from Monica. I pull my phone out, and I see that it's Monica calling me, so I answer it, and there's no one on the other line. Call coming from Monica's phone, but, you know, I'm like, hello, hello, Monica, Monica? No one's picking up. He just hears dead air. So he figures it's a butt dial. But then, Charles starts to hear something. He hears a muffled sound. But it's it's more distinct than that. He can't make out the words, but he can clearly tell this muffled noise is the sound of two adult men talking. He can't understand exactly what they're saying, but he hears... Distinct voices, distinct tones. He can he can make out it's the sound of two people talking, two men having a discussion, and then he hears another sound. A third voice, for lack of a better term, a third voice comes out clearer, still muffled, but it definitely gets his attention more than the two men talking. He hears the sound of a woman crying, but still muffled. (laughs) And while the men sounded like they were muffled because it may have been far away, They may have been in another room. 
He said, when I heard the woman crying, it was muffled in the sense that it sounded like she was either hiding under a blanket, trying to muffle her own fearful cries, or it was the sound of a woman crying, but her cries were muffled because she was bound and gagged. He can hear her crying. He can hear the two men still talking. All of it, though, is muffled, but you can make out the three separate elements. Charles has no idea what's going on. This is a phone call coming from his girlfriend's phone while she's traveling, while she's stopped at some random hotel. He hears this. He puts the phone call on speaker. He activates speakerphone, and both Charles's mom and his friend all hear it. They can all hear the two men talking, can't make out a word they're saying, and they can all hear the woman's muffled cries of fear play out over this phone. And Charles is like, Monica, Monica, are you there? Is everything okay? He's like trying to talk to Monica, but it's just these three noises, so he hangs up, calls Monica's phone. She almost immediately picks it up and says, Hey, Charles, what's up? And he goes, Hey, is someone there with you? You watching TV? Is something? He didn't want to freak her out. I mean, this would be terrifying. He decided, he made the decision not to tell her until after she'd gone to bed, right? He didn't tell her about this while she was awake at night being like, hey, by the way, I got this creepy phone call from your number. He waited till the next morning, which would make sense if you didn't want to scare somebody. You would also wonder, we've kind of been talking on and on, on and off about this recently. How much should this kind of dovetails into yesterday's episode as well. How much do your loved ones need to be aware of the paranormal phenomenon that surrounds them? We covered this story a long time ago about that house that was haunted by that very, very vicious demon and they kept it from their children. They didn't let their kids know about it until they were much older. Adults, really. I can understand that. But yesterday's story, we had the house with the monster in the backyard and The husband never told his wife. He had been experiencing this for a while, and he never told his wife about it until she started to see odd signs as well. This is kind of the same thing. Do you have a responsibility to say, hey, honey, I think your hotel room's haunted? But you also got to think, like, I don't think most people, when they first encounter a phenomenon like this, that they go, it must be ghosts. It must be the voices of the dead. You probably would think someone is watching television really loud. It's funny because you could even go, well, what if there was like some interference in the phone calls? Like what if we were actually, there's no supernatural answer for whatever reason you were getting a phone transmission. 
this doesn't really happen in the world of cell phones, but you're getting the call from, say, a neighboring room, which will honestly be more troubling than a ghost, to think that in the room next to you at this hotel, there's a woman bound and gagged while two men are discussing what to do with her. Would you rather have that happening in the next room while you are, like, you're in room 101, in room 102, there's a woman bound and gagged to crying while two men try to figure out what to do. And that's happening while you are eating Cheetos on the bed. You're, like, eating the crumbliest of all foods in someone else's bed. You don't have to clean it up. Or would you rather have... Let's say four months previous, in the room you're at right now, a young woman was dragged into there, bound and gagged, thrown on a bed. And two men are discussing what to do with her. And what you're hearing is like the psychic imprint of that. But it's not happening while you're there. It just, it just, you're like, these are both too horrifying. You're like, I'm never staying in another hotel. They're both horrifying. Sure, they are. But what one of these two horrifying situations, which one would you choose? The one where you are in the middle of a haunting of an event that happened a couple months before you got there. Something horrific happened in that room. Or it's happening right next door right now. What's creepier? <laughs> Listen, the answer is both. In this case, the answer is both, but... You may not, this might not be one you automatically say is paranormal. I think the reason why it it fits as a ghost story is it's not just the, I mean, if it was just the voices coming over the phone, that would be creepy enough. The fact that you had the AC vent popping off, that almost lends itself to a poltergeist type activity. I don't think that's necessarily connected to the noise. I think it is connected to the noises. I I, I, I shouldn't say that it's not. I don't know if it's as this woman was being dragged into the room, she was holding on for anything she could find, and she grabbed onto that air vent cover, and as they were pulling her into back into the vehicle or something like that, it popped off. I don't think it's a haunting like that. I think that the air vent popping off is to draw attention to the haunting. But um I but who knows? Who knows? The cat's freaking out. This place could have a Type of ghost that we call a recording. It could just be playing itself out over and over and over again. You can't interact with it. Or there could be the soul of one or more people trapped in this hotel room. It could be the woman. Her soul is trapped in there. It could be the, her, the woman and the two other people. We don't know. We don't know anything about this story outside of this phone call. But it's a creepy nonetheless. We had that episode recently where I said hotels gather the filthiest of all humanity. And they end up passing through a hotel at some point in their life. Here's another story to back that up. Default Cecil, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We are leaving behind New Mexico. Creepy story. Creepy, creepy story. Fly us all the way out to Philadelphia. It's funny. In my interview with Into the Obscure podcast, one of the questions that one of the hosts, Tressa, Tressa, longtime supporter of the show, longtime friend of Dead Rabbit Radio, one of the questions she asked was, what is 
my favorite, she goes, what's your favorite story that you've covered on Dead Rabbit Radio? And what's my favorite personal paranormal experience? And for the stories I covered, I mentioned like Barbara Bolick. I mentioned the alien invasion of Casablanca. There's a lot of other stuff that are my favorite stories, though. Uh, the Unthinkable Madness at the Kitchen Table. It's Chester Cheetah. Haunting Mexican Bathrooms. The Tree Murderer. There's a lot of great stuff that I've covered. But when it came to answering the question, what's my favorite personal paranormal story? I don't think I've been asked that question before. It kind of caught me off guard because I, the answer I gave is the honest answer. None of them. Because they're all so creepy. Like, I didn't really enjoy any of them while they were happening. And even looking back on them. I mean, I guess the old haunted, the old man in my haunted closet, like. That, I, I mean, again, it was I was terrified for months. Uh, she brought up the time that I. Sir, I stopped a witch from coming into the house. I mean, some of them are amusing. Some of them are entertaining. I think that is the one I chose. But when I think about my stories with ghosts or darker entities, none of them were fun. Looking back on them, they were all terrifying. And that really, I think, has something... I really think that really has something in common with the story we're about to cover. Because while... This story seems really cool. It could have been something even more. And I think I can relate very much to that. Let's take a look at this. The year is 2010. We're in Northeast Philadelphia. We're about to meet this young boy. We're going to call him Adam. He's nine years old. And he said, back in 2010, I was visiting my aunt's house. And I was hanging out in the basement. He goes, it was more than just a basement. It wasn't just like a bunch of old soggy boxes and a, a boiler, a bunch of rats running around everywhere. He said, this was a fully furnished entertainment area. And this is the place to kick it. Especially in 2010, he was down there watching uh, the Cartoon Network. Cartoon, it's pretty much self-explanatory. You're like, what is the show on there? Documentaries? Cartoon Network, he was watching a movie called Fire Breather. I looked it up. It's some animated. I guess it's based on a comic book. His mom is human. His dad is a dragon. So it's this teenage boy. Shoots. Again, self-explanatory. He breathes fire. Sitting on the couch with Adam is a collection of Halo action figures. And he's sitting there and he's playing with them. I'll get you next time, alien monster man. No, Master Chief. No one will defeat the Flood. He's playing with these toys. He's watching the movie. But then the sound of the TV starts to... fade out. You think you're a dragon? I'm the real dragon. Billy, no! Watch out, boys. Fire's on the menu. And it's coming real fast. Run, everybody. He hears the sound of the television, and it's slowly being replaced with a sound that he refers to as a, quote, internal grumbling. He said it was like the sound. I, I couldn't place this. He, he said it's the same sound you get when you clench your jaw or when you yawn. 
I mean, I obviously yawn. I've clenched my jaw before, of course, but I couldn't get it to make that noise. But he said, basically, the television volume is going down. He's starting to hear this internal grumbling is how he puts it. And the grumbling is getting louder. The television is completely faded out at this point. It's been muted. But the grumbling gets louder and louder and louder. The air around him is growing thick. So thick, he can't move. It's as if he's just been placed into this translucent, gelatinous ooze. The air is so thick, he's immobilized. It's so thick he's having a hard time breathing. But his eyes. His eyes began to move towards the pile of halo figures on his couch. He said it was as if something was forcing me to look at the action figures. He's having a hard time breathing. He can't move, yet his eyeballs are being forced towards his action figures. The air gets thicker, the grumbling gets louder. He's staring at his action figures now. One in particular. The air grows even thicker. The grumbling even louder. And that is when one of these action figures flies off of the couch, soars 10 feet through the air, then crashes onto the floor. Immediately, everything returns to normal. The grumbling stops. The television's at its normal volume. The thickness of the air is completely dissipated. Yet the toy he was staring at is still sitting in the middle of the room. That had been flung off the couch towards the television, covering a distance of around 10 feet. Adam gets up, runs upstairs, out of the basement, crying, sobbing, runs to his mom, throws his arms around her, and is just crying. He's fearful. Terrified about what just happened. He goes, I didn't... He goes, well, I don't remember telling my mom what happened. He goes, I just remember crying. And he goes, I'll be honest, I don't know what that was. To And I didn't even remember it for a long time. Like, something recently made... He posted this online underneath the name Affectionate Toe 7136 Posted in about the past month, I believe. He goes, it popped back in my head to this memory. He goes, I remember it happening then. And and I'm a skeptic. I don't believe in any of this paranormal stuff. But now that I remember this as an adult, I'm thinking, what was that? What, What could that have possibly have been? And it's an interesting story. You know, I look at it and I read it. 
And I have an interesting hypothesis with this. Let's go ahead and throw on our conspiracy caps to wrap up this episode. It is possible that the world gives you gifts. And depending on how you react to them, the world may take them away. In this moment in time, Adam was sitting on this couch and reality was changing. He was being prepped for having the ability of telekinesis. Why him? Why then? Who knows? But it did. The world, the universe, some deity, however you want to categorize it, gave Adam the ability to concentrate on an object and fling it across the room. But his reaction was one of such fear, the universe said, oh, he's not ready. Or, oh, He'll never be ready. Like we gave him this ability and it filled him full of so much fear. He doesn't want it. And that may be true. That may be true. This thing, it could have just been a weird quirk in the universe that that, that this happened while he was there. It had nothing to do particularly with him. Even though he looked at it and then it went off, you could say that he telekinetically threw it or something wanted him to watch as they telekinetically threw it. We don't know. There's a lot of questions with this. But the idea that the universe may offer us gifts and we decline them, I don't think is a huge stretch. I don't think it's a huge stretch. I think sometimes you can find it in the real world absent of the paranormal thing. Where you may... I remember once I was hanging out with a bunch of buddies. We were on the other side of town. This is in Sacramento. And at the ice cream shop where we were all hanging out. Because we were 1950s slickster gangsters. We had on our leather jacket. And a hair full of... What is that? Brillo cream? We were at an we a, a ice cream shop. And I ran into a, a fairly... Locally famous reporter... She was sitting there eating ice cream. And I walked up to her and I was like, hey, hey, um, you're that lady from the news, aren't you? And she's like, yeah. And I said, "I'm. my name is Jason Carpenter. I'm going to school for journalism. You got any internships open? And she's like, absolutely. She goes, you know what? You swing by the station and you tell them that you met me here and we'll see what we can do for you. We'll see where we can. Oh, Awesome. I never did, never followed that up. Never followed it up. There are people who would have died for that type of introduction. Never followed it up. So I think the universe put that situation in play. And had I shown up, because listen, there's a lot of stuff you can say about me, but not being a hard worker is one of them. Wait, did I phrase that right? (laughs) There's a lot of things you can say about me, but not. I'm a good one. I work hard is what I'm saying. I may 
have a lot of other flaws, but I bust my butt at work, whatever the job. So had I gotten in as an intern, the connections alone could have paved a whole new path for my life, but I didn't do it. I think the universe gave me that option and I chose not to follow it. It gave me a gift. Like I said, a lot of people would have loved to have met one of the top on-air newscasters and then had the opportunity to walk up to him and was prepared. Everything fell into place, but I didn't take it. I didn't take it because I was too busy doing other stuff, getting in fights mostly, right? I was too busy being a knucklehead. But taking it to the parent, that, that I think happens to everybody. What I find fascinating is this scared him. This scared him when he threw this toy across the room, because I do think it was him. It scared him, and the universe said, nope. I had pretty consistent paranormal encounters from about the age of 17 to my mid to late 20s. And they were extremely frightening. Even though I would go ghost hunting, even though I would go looking for these things, they also terrified me, and it was getting out of hand. It was starting to affect my waking life because of these types of entities that I was coming into contact with. And I would... I would basically go back and forth between, am I going insane? Like, what I'm seeing is, by all scientific measurement, impossible. I'm seeing a ghost, and a lot of society, most of the planet's population believes in ghosts, so I could say, well, I'm not insane, ghosts exist. But, you know, for someone who's dealing with mental illness, it could just be that my hallucinations are taking a family-friendly form, or a socially justifiable form to take imagine if i replaced all my ghost hauntings with smurf encounters what if i said yeah one day i moved into a place and papa smurf was in the closet and said ah this is my place don't sage me out though i will be friends you you know and no one listened to the podcast they'd think i was a raving lunatic. well actually they might because they think i was a raving lunatic but my i, I could have been crazy I could have just been seeing ghosts. And it's funny, back then, mostly what I saw were shadow men. And shadow men were not talked about in the world of the paranormal. Back in the late 90s, people weren't talking about shadow men. And sometimes I think, because it just all sort of ended. All of my seeing ghosts and encountering ghosts, like it's been off and on since, mostly off though. It used to be consistent, and it was consistent whether or not I was drinking a lot. It was consistent whether or not I was using a lot of drugs, whether I was smoking a lot of weed. I was seeing them before. I didn't smoke weed or drink until I was 21. I wonder sometimes if the universe gave me a gift to see ghosts, to see spirits, and it scared me so much the universe took it back. I said, you're just, this is causing too much stress for you. I think about that sometimes. I think 
as much as I love the paranormal and I would go out of my way to go to haunted places and investigate them, the the negative side of 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 my paranormal journey, the negatives outweighed the positives. I'm not talking about just like reading the stories and doing the research and hanging out with you guys. I'm talking about like on the ground ghost hunts. The negative stuff outweighed the positive. I was terrified. And I was going in between, am I going insane? Or this stuff is real and I don't know how to control it. I don't know how to protect myself. This stuff was coming home with me. This stuff was at my workplace. I couldn't get rid of it. Now, since all that, like I said, I've seen ghosts since I've been 25. I've told a couple of those stories on this podcast. But it used to just be constant. Now it's pretty rare. And I wonder if I had a different mentality towards it. If I wasn't so scared. If I, I wonder if I shut that part off because I was basically it was like a, a, a fail safe switch. I was just too terrified, too stressed out that my brain said nope. Because I think there are more ghosts out there than the ghosts we see. I truly believe that. Even there's more ghosts out there than the ghosts we sense. The ones we sense and the ones we see are more powerful. But if you were, if you had access to that part of your brain or you had that gift, you would see ghosts everywhere. And to me, that sounds intensely stressful. But I wonder, I wonder sometimes, I do. And it's not been recent, too. I've thought over the years that maybe had I not been so terrified, I think I might have scared away my own gift because I was so scared of what I was seeing. And to be fair, it is scary stuff. But I do think the universe from time to time does offer us these opportunities or gifts or abilities. And it tests us. And it sees if we are worthy of having access to these things. And I would argue most people fail these tests. And that's why most people have abilities that are normal. But there are people out there who, when these gifts are given to them, they don't fear it. They accept it. And they accept all of it, the good and the bad that comes with this type of power. And those people would have the ability to see spirits, to move things with their minds, to tell the future. And while a lot of us think those would be great skills or abilities to have, if they were given to us for even just an afternoon, it may break us permanently. 
But it's weird how often these little things happen. The internet is full of reports of people going, yeah, I was hanging out with my friend and all of a sudden I could read his mind. It was like for a good minute, no matter what he thought, I knew what he was going to say. There's tons of reports out there like that. But if we embrace these gifts, if we embrace them for better or for worse, and we passed these tests, we didn't show fear. We didn't show confusion. We showed that we were ready. Who knows what world is waiting for us? What the reality could be like if we weren't so afraid of these magnificent gifts. Because I know a lot of people, a lot of people are going to say, I wish I had X, Y, or Z. But when you spend eight years just seeing ghosts everywhere, it sucked. It really sucked. It was super stressful and terrifying constantly. And I wonder if I shut it off or if the universe shut it off and that's why I don't see them anymore. Or as much. And the funny thing is, even after saying all of that, I don't know if I mind having that ability shut off. I I miss, I guess, in a way, the adventure of seeing the paranormal, like what that entailed. But it's one of those things like, hey, I wouldn't mind going on a safari and going somewhere else. To see lions and zebras and giraffes. But I don't want them in my house. I don't want them to follow me home. The problem with the world of the paranormal is there is no guarantee that they won't. If I have to choose between seeing ghosts wherever I go, but also knowing they can interfere with my daily life. Or, never seeing a ghost again. Well, I guess that's not even the question. Because whether or not I see the ghosts, they can see me. I guess the question is, is it creepier that I know they're there for a fact? Because I can sense them. Because I can see them. Or is the fact that I'm surrounded by the spirits of the dead. Yet I can't prove that that is true. Is that more comforting? I don't know. But I do think that my reaction to the ability, my gift to see the paranormal, the ghosts and the demons and the shadow men, I think my reaction to those things did play a part in that ability being taken away from me. And I don't know a way to get it back. And I don't even know if I want it back. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. 
Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. 